What is going on, guys? Uh, Christian from the Lay and Pray MMA podcast, joined by Jeffrey. No Trenton this week, but got Jeffrey here. What's up, buddy? What's going on, dude? Sorry that we haven't put out a podcast recently. Jeffrey, you've been traveling again. Seems like it's never ending. Uh, school started back up for you. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Trenton is having a lot of technical issues because uh, technology is not his friend. So, we're also dumb. Yeah, that too. Uh, he he ripped one of his wires out of his computer on accident, and so he's got to wait to get a new mic. So hopefully next week he'll he'll be back. But if not, you know we'll do a couple episodes without him. Uh, this is episode fifteen. Uh, one of the big talking points for this episode, we're just going to talk about UFC two sixty five and those fights. Obviously, it's been a couple weeks. Um, so. I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking about stuff from a couple couple weeks back, but uh, I mean, that was our most recent episode. So, what are you going to do? Um, another thing, we're going to just kind of go over some of the fights that are happening on Saturday. Thank you, love. I've got rhubarb crisp. Nice. Yeah. Look at that. Oh yeah. Dang. Um. So yeah, we're going to talk about. I'm just going to leave this in the camera. <laughs> hot as fuck shameless uh, plug yeah um yeah there's not i don't think we need to go into like full detail on i mean i think the main card is probably our best bet for the fights on saturday just because i looked at the prelims and i was like i don't i really don't know anybody <laughs> so same um i guess how you been buddy dude pretty good man just yeah How's you know, Vegas or how is Nevada? Uh, it's on fire. The entire thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, dude, glad to be done with that shit. But, um, yeah, so the way that uh, it kind of broke down after the last fights or the last fight card. So uh, Trenton ended up picking all of his fights correct. He he was 100% on his fights. He went 9 for 9. I went uh 6 and 3. And then I think you went 1 and 8 or 2 yeah, and 7. 1 and 8 or 2 and 7. Yeah. Like so uh right now I'm sitting at 30 and 22. Trenton's at 31 and 21. So I'm one behind him and then Jeffrey you're sitting at 22 and 30 uh overall. So obviously Shit can change. All it takes is one, you know, one fight card like Trenton had, and you're right back in the swing of things. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a crazy one. I know. Um, so I guess let's let's talk about. Well, first off, do you have anything that you want to talk about besides UFC 265? Anything recently that you've seen that you? No, not that want? I know of, man. It's been pretty quiet, dude. Yeah. All right. So, we'll get it started off. Carolina Kovalkiewicz versus Jessica Pine. Carolina was doing really good on the feet in that fight. And then Jessica Pine went to the ground. And then basically it was like, all right, you want to come, come to the ground with me? And Carolina, who, I mean, I don't really think she's known for a ground game. Ended up getting, yeah. you know, baited into going to the ground with her and then got submitted. Um, and for Carolina, this is where I think she needs to figure out what she wants to do, whether she wants to keep fighting or not, because she's, I think she's won one fight out of her last like seven or eight. Yeah. So that's like what we were discussing. I was like, she needs to figure out, like, if she doesn't win this fight, then she needs to go do bare knuckle or, do something or go model something that, you know, she could still make good money doing. And, you know, if she wants to keep fighting, I just don't think the UFC is the place for her. Cause obviously it's, she had her moment when she went, you know, five rounds with Ioana. That was like her moment in the sun. So I don't think she's got it anymore personally. Yeah. 
that was a weird that's like a that's one of the most dramatic falls from like a title fight that we may have ever seen you yeah. know like that's fucking crazy dude like one in seven or one in six yeah like, fuck and you know and she went in five rounds she didn't look like shit and it's, no uh, what what the fuck you know I mean, I didn't but, think um, she won that fight with Joanna, but I also didn't think that she, you know she got completely outclassed either. Yeah, this one was. Uh, I mean, I think that that chick's in her own head, you know, because I mean, mm-hmm. it was very weird watching that fight go down. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you I, was, I was. I was like, I'm not I, real sure what the fuck the the object, what your objective is here. You know, like know. this is not what you want. What the fuck are what are we doing? You know, so it's like it's really hard when you're like you're you're uh, looking back on these and then like you're trying to pick fights. But you're like you look at past history and you're like, we've never seen her do anything that she just did right there. And, you know, that's one of those things is you're like, dude, maybe it's just in her head and she's just it's over, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, at the she she posted a video and she was just like bawling her eyes out, you know, and like unsure you know if she still has it and it's like if that's how you feel then you should just hang them up or go do something else well go get rejuvenated and you've seen some people take breaks you know and we we kind of border on the same subjects when we when we're on these podcasts so it's it's hard to remember you know like if you've talked about it before but like you've seen people champion status you know, like fall off, and then all of a sudden they fucking come back, and there's another massive run, like Robbie Lawler and Glover like, Teixeira. Glover Teixeira, right? Like they have they fall off, and you're like, oh, this dude's over. And gets when you starch by Rumble in like 13 yeah. seconds, gets uppercutted yeah. to oblivion by Alexander. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, it's 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 that it's one of those things. Like talent wise, I'm sure she has it because you just don't get to that level. And look like shit for so long, and then they still sign you ex- to extensions if you don't have that talent, you know. So it's definitely not that. I don't know what it is, but I think that was probably her last fight in the UFC. Uh, maybe she clears her head, and maybe we see her back sometime in the future. Who knows? You know, I'm I don't think so. I think she's like 34, 35. So I don't think she will be. Just. Yeah. If she was smart, she would go to bare knuckle or, like I said, model. So that's my two cents personally because after her fight with um, Joanna, she fought Jessica Andrade and got starched. Mm-hmm. Like, legitimately starched. So I just think she's not, she's not in there. Her mindset isn't like she lost it. I think I don't think she has it anymore, and it's hard for older fighters to get that back. I mean, obviously, there's the rare occasions where, like you said, Robbie Lawler, uh, Clover Teixeira, but those are very few and far between. You know, yeah, I mean, those are the exceptions are, to the rule. You know, those are you literally sure you can't count on that. I'm sure there's m- probably a handful of guys that out of the five or 600 fighters that are signed with the UFC. So that's literally a sliver. That's less than 1%. And you see it happen like where even the greats, the great, like the great, some of the greatest of all time, like they can't get over that hill after you lose so many fights. Like it's, it's not, it just becomes part of the game. It's self doubt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like look at BJ Penn. You remember like BJ, dude, BJ Penn, like didn't win a fight for like fucking eight years or some shit, you know? It was a long time because he lost to Frankie Edgar three times in a row. It's just like, yeah, I mean, wish her luck, you know, but probably not. Yeah. I don't want her to fight anymore just because it it wouldn't do her any good because she, she's not performing. So. All right. Sorry for those of you that are watching on YouTube because, uh, I just had to annihilate that rhubarb crisp. It's like my favorite dessert of all time. I don't even know what the fuck rhubarb is, dude. Rhubarb is... You've never heard of rhubarb? No, I, I've heard of it before. And I've, you've I've never seen had it? it? I've seen it referenced, and I've seen it in like diners and shit, but I've, I don't even know what the fuck it is. Is it a fruit? It's... I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, yeah, but what's it's fucking... It's holy. 
Don't worry. That's all you need to know. What? Yeah, but what is it's, it? It's like is it a fruit. I, I would say it's like a weed. It's like <laughs> oh hell yeah, dude! Fucking not yeah, weed. Dude, kale pie. It's like yeah, a dude. weed. <laughs> um, but it you can cook it and make like uh, jams and jellies and uh, like there's like you could use it for like medicinal purposes. Yeah, but um, what's rhubarb taste like? Is it sweet? Is it is it taste uh, like a fruit? It's, or does it it's taste like a... no, it ta- it does taste like a fruit. But like rhubarb by itself, you want to if you're gonna eat it, you want to mix it with something uh, like sugary because it's either super, t- it's like very tart. Yeah. So like when you bite it, it's yeah. so sour. Makes but sense. Yeah, that's why you mix it with a crisp with oatmeal, brown sugar, Heavy whipped cream. Fucking. People listening didn't know they were getting fucking getting food porn, show, dude. Yeah, they're oh, getting yeah. fucking food porn tonight. Hell yeah! All right, uh, the next fight up was Alonzo Menafield versus Ed Herman, and I honestly thought Alonzo Menafield. Well, what we had talked about, one of the things that you brought up because you went with Ed Herman in this fight is mm-hmm. because Ed Herman has gone the distance more than yeah, you know, a handful of times. Most of his fights are decisions. Um, but he was on a roll there for a while. So like all your picks that like, I was thinking like, that's not a bad pick. And if, you know, all it takes is one mistake. Well, Alonzo Menafield like would kept trying to just throw punches to knock his ass out mm. and it wasn't working. And he was swinging himself tired. And then finally, you know, he started throwing those well in the first and the second rounds, yeah. those leg kicks were really hitting harder, the calf kicks. And yeah. I mean, at one point he knocked Ed Herman off of his feet completely on one of those kicks. So he was able to, you know, pull himself, you know, bring himself back and realize, you know, I'm going to outstrike myself and I'm going to get myself so freaking tired. Um, but he was able to, you know, withstand the storm and, uh, you know, didn't gas out, which was a big surprise because guys like that, that are built like that, you know, they gas out quickly. Yeah. Well, I think this fight, like this is one of those fights that Menafield learns from, even though he won, you know, like mm-hmm. I think you take lessons from this where you realize like, okay, I'm in phenomenal shape, but I still have to learn a pace. I still mm-hmm. have to learn, you know, like how to stretch my legs and make it last three rounds. And then eventually if I can master that, then I have to master the, the five round, you know, but like your sure. goal, like these guys got to they he hasn't mastered the three round, like cardio game yet you know and we knew look dude like when i pick like i went like two and seven but we talked about it a little bit before we got on where it's like i really didn't know like oh i knew i knew of the fighters but goddamn was so close to me like it was a toss-up so you know like yeah why not try to make up some fight on some wins on you guys on fights that i think are so close so it's not like i thought ed herman would was win but i picked Ed Herman to win with the one opportunity that I thought that he could take to win, you know? Yeah. But Metafield looked good, dude. I mean, he looked fucking yeah. solid. He's a stud, man. And he did what he had to do with Herman and Herman made it kind of dirty. You know what I mean? Like he drug it out and he had some opportunities, but he just, I thought he was able to stand in that third round. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So kudos to Metafield, dude. Like he's going to get a, he's going to get a good fight next. Hopefully, because, I mean, when you look at him, like, he doesn't have very much fight experience, but, I mean, he's 33. So, you know, if he's going to get a push, it's got to be within the next year. Yeah. So, um, in the bantamweight division, Vince Morales versus uh, Draco Rodriguez. Vince Morales was able to get the uh, decision win. Um, Draco had more takedowns. But he didn't really utilize, like, he didn't really, he wasn't able to utilize anything with those takedowns. Um, he didn't put uh, Vince in a dangerous enough position. Like, it, it was, for me, it wasn't a really all that exciting fight. I mean, Vince Morales did hey. enough to get, did yep. enough to get the win. So I, I didn't have any issues with it. I, didn't, I don't think there was any fights except, oh, I guess. Uh, in terms of scoring, because there's always going to be one, you know, with me, there's always going to be one fight that I'm like, what? Yeah. But um, yeah, this fight, there wasn't anything that really stood out. It wasn't all that exciting. It was just, uh, you know, a fight. So 
That's exactly what I was going to say, too. It was a fight. You know what I mean? Like, nothing special. Not good, not bad. Just a fight that went three rounds, you know? Yeah. Um, Okay, the headline of the preliminary card, which was also the fight of the night, was Bobby Green versus uh, Rafael uh, Faziv. Um, This was the fight only – this because one of the one of the judges had scored it three rounds for Rafael, but I felt like Bobby Green, like I felt Rafael won the fight. But what I messaged you guys is like, I thought like Bobby Green could have won that fight because it was kind of a toss up in the second round. Like for me, Rafael dealt a lot of damage, but Bobby Green threw a higher volume of strikes and was, you know, he wasn't hurt at all. He, was still pushing the pace and he was still coming forward. Um, and then that third round, I felt like Bobby green had won that round, but one of the judges had scored it for three rounds for Rafael Faziv. And I was like, Oh, I guess. Sure. Okay. I mean, no matter what the guy that I picked won, but I still felt like Bobby green had done enough to at least get some nods and, not get not get a unanimously decision on one judge's scorecard. I think that Bobby Green made it a better fight than it should have been. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. If, I don't even have a problem with them not scoring a round for him. Like he made him very close and competitive. I think yeah. it was the third round that was like that. Shit was fun, man. Yeah, like they were fucking throwing and shit and talking. You know, like that shit was fun. Um. Yeah, but I didn't – that fight was fucking fun for me. Fiziev's fucking cool, dude. Like, that, he's a fucking fun little fighter, dude. Like, he's yeah. fucking fun to watch. He trains Bobby, with Peter Yon. Yeah, and Bobby Green fucking, like, he showed up, dude. Yeah. Like he, looked, he, like, he looked pretty fucking good. Like, say whatever you want about Bobby Green and his record and shit like that, but Bobby Green showed the fuck up, you know? Like, yeah. Fiziev's not a joke. Well, you and look at who he's fought. You look at who Bobby Green's fought. I mean, he's fought some of the – top guys in the lightweight division so he just fought them before they were super relevant in the division right so um yeah i was i i was happy with the fight i was you know because i picked fiziv to win but um and i i felt like i felt like he had won like i felt like he had won the first two rounds anyways but i felt like bobby green had at least won the third um to kick off the main card uh, in the bantamweight division, it was Casey Kenny who was coming off of a fight with Dominic Cruz in his last outing, and then Song Yudong. And uh, Song Yudong came out, and he uh, looked fantastic. He looked really yeah. good in the fight. Yeah. Um, I think, like, I thought Casey Kenny was, like, surprised that he, like, his reaction at the end, was like he was surprised that he didn't get picked to win. It's like, but when you look at it, what did, what did he do? Yeah, you got to, worked. Yeah, what did you do to? I'm not saying that he beat the shit out of you, but you got worked on on in that fight. You know, I mean, the the only thing that he really did better was he got a takedown in that fight. But other than that, it wasn't. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, well, Song Yadong's fucking wrestling has gotten so much better. Alpha male, and, uh, like you said, and, being hey, an alpha shout, Yeah, shout out to the fucking podcast for fucking just, you know, for like just a little note, you know, like side note. Hey, man, if his wrestling's got better, he's going to be very hard to beat. Mm-hmm. And then comes out here against a fucking dude that loves to wrestle and shit like that and just puts on a fucking clinic, man. It was fucking yeah. great. Look, yeah. He looked fantastic. Um, dude, he looked great. Yeah, like he's going to get I'm, a good fight. I'm interested to see who in the top 10 because the bantamweight division, or I would love to see like Song Yudong versus um, like Sean O'Malley. I think I that would be a fun love fight. That. that would be I, a great fight. It's going to stay striking. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be a banger. I, yeah. I'm down with that fight. Yeah. yeah. And then if it does go to a ground game, I mean, Sean O'Malley, while he was not served doing his suspension, he worked on jujitsu a lot, did a lot of grappling competitions and stuff. And so if it were to go to the ground, it'd be interesting because we haven't really gotten to see Sean's ground game at all. Mm-hmm. We've seen him. We've seen a stand up. Obviously, he's really good at that. 
Yeah. But well, it'd be a good challenge because Yadong is strong on the ground, but not overwhelming. Yeah. So if he can, you know, if he can take that and take care of that, then maybe he can stand up to some of the other guys. But for Song Yadong, dude, you jump at that opportunity for a popular fighter like O'Malley. Yeah, like he might not have that fucking ranking, but that name is gonna. Yeah, it, it'll you know, put you big. on the map, especially. I mean, look at look at Cheeto Vera, yeah. Ron Vera. He he got a he's got boosted up in the top ten, and he's you know got bit a main event slot on a card, and had fight of the night with Davy Grant, and it was all because he beat Sean O'Malley. So yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't look good, man. Congrats to him because yeah. uh, that was impressive, dude. I didn't expect him to come out and dominate like that, really. No, he 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 looked good. Um, in the strawweight division, uh, Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill. For me, I really thought Angela Hill could put it together, but she is just too hit or miss. And Tisha Torres, like Trenton was right, Tisha Torres has fought the cream of the crop in that division. And those are really only her only losses are to people that have been the champ or have become the champ. And she just, I mean, she looked, I've never seen her look that impressive and she looks super good against Angela Hill. Her wrestling looked good. Her, uh, her top game was good. So kudos to her. Um, and Angela Hill is, I hope this isn't, you know, the start of an up and down roller coaster like she has been on I mean, but uh i mean there's no i think that's just the type of fighter she is yeah she's 13 and 10 yeah you know what i'm saying like that's as, that's about as up and down as you can get and still be in the ufc yeah. like you know um that's looks fucking great look dude angela hill is one of those stories that she's just one of those people one of those many names that you've heard that you're like this person's going to be a fucking savage this per the future champion right here yeah. And then for they just never fucking put it together ever. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, she can write her fucking name firmly upon that list because that's what that's where she is to me. Yeah. You know, kudos to Tisha Torres. She made it personal, dude. You know, she fucking she pulled some Michael Jordan shit and fucking took some that Angela that Hill per- said. I took that personal. And it was personal, and like she was not even fucking shitting on her. You know, she's, yeah. She's, you know, but well, anyway. her her wrestling was just like I mean that's the the biggest thing is that I said in our preview and prediction was yeah. if Angela Hill can be the distance striker because I feel like she is the better striker overall but Tisha Torres brought it because Tisha was the one that pushed the pace and got into the boxing range and then yeah. got takedowns. If you're Angela Hill, you should be absolutely fucking ashamed that you allowed her to get that close into you to throw punches, to throw kicks, to fucking, to shoot. Like, you're so much bigger. That shit is disgusting. That should never happen, you know? I mean, like, Angela got takedowns of her own, too. But it was, it wasn't, but, I mean, she but, didn't really, she didn't do anything with it. That's the problem. But if you're getting taken down like that, you know, with against, against smaller fighters and fight, like, I don't know, man. Maybe I just have have high standards for Angela Hill because we were, we expected so much. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the fight that lasted three and a half minutes, but it was mm. scramble, scramble, scramble. Uh, uh, Michael Maverick. Yes. Yeah. Michael Maverick. Yes. Versus uh, Vicente Luque. Um, yeah. I honestly thought that, this this was the fight that I was like, you know what? I'm kind of I'm like super torn. I was super torn on this one because I thought, you know, Michael Chiesa he hadn't lost a fight since coming into the welterweight division, and he had beaten some top guys like Neil Magny and uh, Rafael dos Anjos. So, um, but Vicente Luque is coming off of a great performance against Tyron Woodley, so I was like. Dude, I don't. I was like, I don't know. This this could be a tricky one. And I'm glad I went with Luke because I felt like he was just the better striker, and I thought that's where the exchange was going to be won was in, you know, grapple or not in grappling, but standing. I thought that was the striking was going to be the biggest difference in this fight. But Michael Chiesa had him in a dangerous position, mm-hmm. and Vicente Luque just took advantage of it and was able to reverse it. They got into a good scramble and 
he was just able to get the job done. So kudos to Vicente for submitting a guy like Michael Chiesa. That's not easy to do. Yeah, this fight was awesome while it lasted. Um, dude, I'm not down on Chiesa at all after that fight. Me you know, either. Like, um, this is one of those – we talk about learning lessons, right? And we understand, like, when we when – we, like, in the reviews to these fights, we understand that, like, not everybody learns from shit. If everybody learned from everything, they'd be a champ, you know? Exactly. But, like, yeah. you just try and point out that hopefully these are the things that they take away as fighters that, you know, they should look at. And Chiesa, like, this should be, a, like, a wake-up to him that you're a big boy. And you might be a fucking black belt and you might be a stud, right? Like a high level black belt. Yeah. Hey, but bro, black belts are everywhere yeah. in this sport, you know? And like, and hey, if you're a brown, a high level brown belt will fucking choke you out. We'll fucking submit you quicker. Than and shit. there's, there's bro, some, and, there's some and, fucking little kid in the favelas in Brazil right now yeah. that would probably put yeah. you in a leg lock in two seconds. Yeah, and so like. And, and Kiesa, dude, dude, look, Kiesa fought his fight, man. He just made a mistake. And it yeah. was, and that was a mistake that you can't make against another black belt. You yeah, know, like dangerous. Who's super dangerous, man. And that darts was tight and it was quick yeah. and it was fucking dirty. It was a very nice. Well, the thing condition. is, he almost rolled, he almost reversed it. Mm-hmm. But then he couldn't roll anymore. And then it was like, well, at that point, you know, you either go to sleep or you tap. So. Yeah, that was a great fight while it lasted. I'm not mad at that fight at all. No. I hope they. I hope that Kiesa. Hopefully, down like, the line, they're able to run it back. Like that's what I was getting ready yeah. to say. I hope Kiesa like gets a win. You know, maybe we'll see what Luke does, and then maybe we run it back. Like yeah. after somebody gets a win, you know. For sure. Because that was a good fight. Yeah, I agree. Um, in the coming event it was Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz, and you had picked Pedro in this fight um trend and i picked jose and for me the all i really wanted to see was those leg kicks because he hadn't really utilized them at all mm-hmm. and he was able to u- utilize them in this fight and his boxing looked really crisp his jab was good uh you know it just super quick he still i mean even with depleting himself more and going to 135 he still has like you would never be able to really tell that he's, you know, cut an additional 10 pounds to get down to band weight because he's still performing at a high level. So yeah, he, he, he looked really good. Jose looked phenomenal. Um, and I, I was just glad that, uh, you know, the bantamweight division, this is as deep as it is. I'm glad that it's still deep. Yeah, dude, I picked Munoz just, not because I believe that he was a better fighter, because I don't think any of us thought that. No. But it was just like, what kind of Jose Aldo are we getting, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you, dude, look, it Jose Aldo gets goes out there and gets a victory against a fucking good opponent, a dominant victory mm-hmm. over a fucking good opponent. And, you know, the only thing that he, that he did was throw leg kicks. And he didn't even throw them in abundance. He just no. used them, you know? Yeah. Like, he just strategically used them. And it makes all the difference in the world. So it blows my fucking mind that two assholes on the fucking internet that are making a fucking MMA show with 69 views and 15 videos yeah. can come out here and be like, hey, man, why aren't you throwing leg kicks? And yeah. then he finally does it. And then he, we're, here we are, like, Josie Aldo's, hey, he's back, you know? It's yeah. Like, hey, yeah, dude, all right. I just, I, the, and I think that's what's frustrating is because he, he like, he didn't, I don't even th- remember him throwing leg kicks against Max. Like, in both of those fights with Max, I don't think he, or if he did, he didn't throw very many of them. Yeah. Those were, like, his most dangerous weapon. And he, yeah. he like, rarely ever uses it. They so, were the best. They were the best in the UFC. And it wasn't They're best even, in the it, WEC. It, it, yeah, and it, it yeah. wasn't even close. Like, Joe no. Rogan would tell, like, he would just, that's all he would talk about during a Jose fight is, like, those knee kicks are fucking devastating. Yeah. And then he, you, you didn't see him for fucking five fights. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, well. Yeah, hopefully, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to get a title shot anytime soon because he lost to Peter Yon, and I think yeah, Peter is... But- 
but one or two fights, bro, and he can find yeah. himself back in it. It's like one or I'd two. I'd love fights. to see him versus TJ. Man. Man. Ooh. That would be a that'd be a fun fight. That would be a very fun fight. Or him versus Corey Sandhagen. Dude, I can fuck with Jose Aldo and fucking and Dillashaw. Dillashaw, yeah. That won't happen, but I could no. fuck with that. Yeah. All right. Uh and then the main event was Derek Lewis in his hometown against Surreal Gone. And I this was the one pick that I made with my heart just because I love Black Beast, and I thought Same. he would show out in Houston. And, dude, he laid the biggest egg in his hometown. And, like, I get it. Surreal Gone is a phenomenal striker, and he is very methodical. And he was doing all the right things that people don't do when they get too, like, emotionally invested with Derek. Derek clips yeah. him, and they want to keep going forward. And like, okay, motherfucker, I'll knock you out. If you're going to try to knock me out, I'll knock you out. Surreal Gone wasn't playing that. He was being – you know, he was being cerebral. He was making sure that if he got into a dangerous position, he'd run out of that position. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, kind of like when Alistair Overeem fought Stipe and was just fucking running away. Except eventually, you know, Alistair got caught. <laughs> um, but Cyril looked good. And his leg kicks were the uh, key factor as well as his straight because he punched Derek in the eye, and Derek thought that he got poked in the eye. And it's like, nope, that was a knuckle that went directly into your your orbital. Um, and, I, I mean, I don't really have anything to say, because Derek Lewis, he even said and on Embedded, like, we know he's going to, like, the leg kicks. We know that's going to be a big thing. Well, if you knew that was going to be a big thing, why didn't you check one single fucking kick? Yeah. Like if you knew that was going to be a part of his game plan, then that should have been, you know, that's kind of like Chris Weidman adjusted in that second fight with Anderson because he he was getting his legs kicked to pieces in the first fight. So that's one thing that he said. Well, I utilized checks in that second fight because he kicked the shit out of my legs in the first fight. So yeah. he, I mean, obviously it sucks because it snapped Anderson's leg in half, but I just yeah. Look, man, uh, there's no way around it. Big, big Derek Lewis fan here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the pressure got to him or what, but I God think so. Damn, he looks so timid and like just so flat footed. I'm fucking and, throw. Um, hey, look, man, Cyril gone. Count me in. You know, like yeah. I, t- I said, it was going to take two wins. Yeah. I mean, in order to, to see if Cyril gone was real. Yeah. I think we seen that like, Against Volkov hey, and then bro, yeah. I was I was saying that a couple episodes we were having this conversation where nobody's gonna touch Francis. And after that fight, I came away and I was like, yo, I think Cyril, it's surreal. Cyril gone is big, dude. Yeah, like when I was thinking of that fight, I was thinking Derek Lewis was gonna be so much bigger. And oh. yo, Cyril Gone's a big motherfucker. But he weighs like, in at like 245 because he's lean. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lean he's a, heavyweight. He's a big boy, yeah. dude. I think he's like 6'4", like, 6'5". Hey, after that, whew, hey, who knows? Yeah. Like, I, I, kudos I, to him. He looked fucking fantastic. That's the thing that's so... But, I mean, I think that Surreal should be a, the favorite going into that fight because, I mean, look what he did against the guy who's known for his devastating knockout power and Derek Lewis. He didn't even get put in a position where... You know, that would be an issue. And Francis Ngannou can't have a fight that lasts longer than... I mean, his fight with Stipe, it went into the second round, but not very long into the second round. And Francis looked fantastic. I mean, his takedown defense looked fucking phenomenal. But Well, this is going to be one of those things, again, we'll see if... Look, as much as I like Derek Lewis, like Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis is two different fucking animals. Big time, Big but the same time. type, but the same type of fighter. Yeah, you know. So if Cyril Gone can weather that storm, then dude, he can. He can. He's got the cardio, and he can pick the fucking shit up. He can pick his legs apart, and yeah, he's big enough to do that, and strong enough, you know. But putting that together against Francis, who's so big and so strong and so solid, and he's a he's good. He's a good fighter. He's 
dude from the time that we first saw francis step in the fucking octagon to I, now it's, it's yeah so crazy. it's like night and day difference it's, dude bro it's so crazy to I see know. how better how, how good he's got so for me to say that gone's gonna go in there and fucking embarrass him i wouldn't say that no but i would say that gone stands a chance for sure yeah i think gone stands a better chance than anybody else in that division yeah oh yeah definitely so. All right. Um, yeah, it only took us two weeks to finally fucking come back to it, but we got <laughs> we got through our our UFC 265 review or you know post fight review. Um, I know. Oh, another thing, just before we start talking about the fights uh, that are on Saturday, um, so we've got. Uh, Anthony Smith versus uh, Ryan Spann. That got announced. Um, let's see. Brunson versus Till is for sure happening. Uh, and Patty Pemblett is fighting. Patty the Batty is going to be fighting on that card. Yeah, dude, uh, sub- sub- yeah September 4th. Um, Daniel Rodriguez stepped in for Kevin Lee because uh, Sean Brady dropped out of that fight so daniel rodriguez said fuck it and he's stepping in um the what's what else is oh yeah and then uh like i had messaged you guys tiago santos versus johnny walker got announced that is going to be one of the ufc fight nights in october and then also on that fight uh misha serkinov versus uh christoph jocko is going to be the coming. So, um, yep. yeah, I mean, there's going to be some good fight cards coming up. Uh, next week is the uh, Edson Barboza versus uh, Giga Chikadze fight. I'm, overall, that one is, I mean, the only other fights on that card that I'm really interested in are the Kevin Lee and Dana Rodriguez fight. Um, yeah. Just because, uh, I, I really can't tell you anything else besides Gerald or uh, Gerald Mirshar is the one who fought uh, is or not Islam Makhachev, but uh, yeah, Kamzat Shemaev and got knocked the fuck out. Yep. So, uh, okay. <laughs> I guess let's just go over the main card and then we can make our picks. Um, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I didn't do a ton of research. Um, just because the this isn't like a super stacked card. Same. So so I was like, yeah, you know, fuck it. Um I will say this though. God damn fuck got rhubarb Chris stuck in my throat now. Um <laughs> Brian Kelleher is fighting on the um prelims. And I think he's he's I think he could be the dark horse uh on on the fight card i think he could have a stellar performance just because he's so explosive um so i would say pay attention to that fight um and then the first fight is alexander pantoja versus uh brandon rival alexander pantoja has a win over the current flyweight champion brandon moreno and uh Brandon Royval is coming off of a TKO loss uh, to Brandon Moreno in his last fight last November before Moreno and Figueredo fought like, you know, a couple weeks later. That was uh, Brandon's last fight. So I think, you know, he's he's bumped shoulders with, uh, you know, a guy who's now the champ, the undisputed champ. Um, and the last time that Alexander Pantoja fought, Brandon Moreno was before Brandon Moreno became who he is now. Um, I think it was prior to Brandon getting cut by the UFC. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Brandon in this fight. I feel like his submission game is dangerous. I mean, he submitted Tim Elliott and he submitted Kai Kara France. And you know, Tim Elliott is such an awkward style. If you can finish him, like I mean, Mighty Mouse couldn't even finish him. So what does that tell you? And he put Mighty Mouse in arguably the most danger he's been in with that guillotine choke that he got him in. So 
Yep. I'm going to go with Brandon in this fight, not because Alexander Pantoja has done anything wrong. I just feel like Brandon, you know, even though his last fight, he got KO'd or TKO'd by Moreno. He's still, I feel like he's more of a dangerous fighter, I guess. So I'm going to go with him. Okay. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I don't, he looks very solid, man, and yeah. I like him a lot. I think you know what you're going to get with, with uh, what is it, Pantoja or Pantoja? Pantoja, or yeah. yeah. Alexander I Pantoja. I don't really know a lot about him, um, to be completely honest. I know he's legit. I haven't seen a lot of his fights, so I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. Okay. Um, all right. Next fight. Uh, in the lightweight division, uh, Vink Pichel versus Austin Hubbard. Um, I don't – I mean, Austin Hubbard is kind of one of those guys that since he came into the UFC, he's kind of, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And he's coming off of a win. So I'm going to say in this fight he's going to lose because over his last four fights, he's won one, lost one, won one, lost one. So yeah. – I don't have any like in-depth analysis on this fight. I'm just going to go because Austin Hubbard has, you know, he hasn't really been that consistent fighter yet. He's still got a ways to go. So I'm going to go with uh, Vink in this fight. Agreed. I think Vink's uh, just an all-around better fighter. I styles make fights, and I'm not sure that Hubbard – or this just matches up perfectly for him. Um, I think it is going to be close, but I'm going to go with uh, Pichelle as well. Okay. Um, all right. Next fight, Trevin Jones versus Sedyukub Kokramanov. And... You already know how I feel about those guys that have the Russian, Dagestani, Uzbekistani, Kazakhstani last names. I I almost always go with those guys just because they're a different breed. Um, Trevin Jones is coming off of uh, an impressive performance. Uh, he got a TKO in the second round against Mario Batista. But I – and I think this is uh, Kekramanov's – first fight in the UFC. So I think he's going to be looking to um, like set a precedent in this fight. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with him and say that he's going to just make all those Russian Dagestani, wherever the fuck he's from. Uh, he's going to make them proud. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't know much about either of these fighters. Neither, neither do I. That's I'm just going with my gut on this one. Yeah. Um, to be honest, like Homeboy doesn't even have a photo on his Google UFC thing. So I'm going to go ahead and say that. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Trevin Jones is going to take this just from a strategical move from my point, from my standpoint. I'm going to go with here, Trevin Jones. Here, here, here's one thing I'll say. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with my pick because. I mean, I got. I mean, I got nothing to lose. I'm way ahead of you, <laughs> but uh, um, so uh, Kokramanov is coming in on short notice because um, Trevin Jones was supposed to fight somebody else, but they fell out like last minute. So Kokramanov is stepping in short notice. Got it. So, I mean, that could bode well for your pick because you know he. Well, that, that, has, that, that makes he's sense. had a full camp. So, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, in the heavyweight division, Chase Sermon versus Parker Porter. Uh, Chase Sermon's coming off of a loss to Andre Arlovsky, and that never looks good. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Parker Porter is coming off of a win against uh, Joshua or Josh Parisian. Oh, that was pretty recently, too. So, um, I, I got, I got to go with Parker Porter in this fight, um, because Chase Sermon, there's, uh, again, these two guys, I don't know anything about them other than just who they fought. Um, 
if you're losing Andre Alonsky this late into Andre's career, that's kind of an issue. Like, I mean, there's one thing to lose to like the crafty vet in like a game of pickup basketball. It's another thing when you're way younger than the guy and you can't, and you know, Andre went three rounds with them. It's not like Andre's got the greatest gas tank. So yeah, I, I find that as an issue. Also, um, Josh Parisian is uh, a really good fighter in the heavyweight division, and he's got a he's got a pretty solid record. Um, and he, I mean, Parker stood and banged with them. I mean, they both kicked the shit out of each other. It looked like 164 significant strikes landed, or 164 strikes landed, 126 significant strikes, and he got a couple takedowns in that fight. So, I mean. Hey, I'll I'll go with uh, I'll go with Porter in this one. I'm gonna go with Chase Sherman. Um, not because I think this is gonna be a banger or anything. I'm gonna go simply because of age and size. So Parker Porter's three inches shorter, but has ten pounds or fifteen pounds on him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know he's five years younger, has three inches taller, and he's leaner with a three inch reach advantage. So I think that Sherman. If he does, if he shows up, dude, he can keep him at distance and he can outstrike him. Um, and that's what I think he's, that's what I hope picking in picking this. I think, I hope that's what he's going to do uh-huh. is just keep it at distance, pick him apart and, and get out of there in three rounds. Yeah. All right. On uh, the co-main event, Clay Guida, the carpenter, the guy who uh, seems like no matter what, he'll never go away. Uh, we got Clay Guida fighting Mark Madsen. Um, Mark Madsen, his last fight, he fought Austin Hubbard. In terms of like strikes, he didn't really land very many strikes. He got a fuckload of takedowns, though. <laughs> I mean, he was like seven, I think 75% on his takedowns almost. So that's pretty goddamn good. Um, and I think what this, I don't think this is going to be a super exciting fight. Um, I think it's going to be Clay Guida doing what Clay Guida does. It's fucking lots of head bouncing and shit, and his hair is going to be flying. And, you know, it's, but I it's don't think one it, flurry and over. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's going to be like a super exciting fight. I think there's going to be a lot of grappling exchanges. Um, obviously, Clay is a, a really good wrestler, but I think that Mark Madsen's probably going to get this done. Just because Clay's another one that just is too inconsistent, you know. Yeah. So, so uh, paying my respects to Clay Guida because he's a bad motherfucker uh-huh. and one of the greatest gangster OGs of all time. Severely underrated, like should be and is in my mind uh, in the same aura and era as like Cowboy. You know, just a yeah. dumb motherfucker. Um, I like that fucking dude a lot. Having said that, like, I mean, come on, man. You know, yeah. homeboys, homeboys, ten and zero, and looks fantastic. And this is look. If you're Clay Guida, like, you know, this is what makes Clay Guida dangerous. The Clay Guida knows who he is and where he is in the mm-hmm. UFC hierarchy. He knows that he's the fucking gatekeeper. Yeah, he knows that he can get another fight with a young up and comer if he fucking beats old boy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. That earned you another fucking that earned you another fight as the gatekeeper, you know? Yeah. So that's what makes him dangerous, but I don't see it being close and it should be pretty fucking dominant. Yeah. So you're going Mark? Yeah. Are you, okay. Yeah. Um the only thing that stinks is, you know, Mark Madsen's 10 and now, but he's 36 years old. It's like so he got a pretty late start, you know. Yeah. Um, but kudos to him. I mean, he made the UFC. So I guess, mm-hmm. you know, there's yeah. no telling it's I mean, he could have been dealing with injuries or something, so his body might still be relatively young in terms of... Well, I think he was a wrestler. He was an Olympian or some shit like that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, like, he did the whole Olympic fucking route thing. That's what kind of frustrates the fuck out of me. I wish Jordan Burroughs would fight, but he's he's trying to make the 2024 Olympic team. I'm like, fuck, man. (laughs) Like, you should go into... Try mixed martial arts. I think he'd be good. Yeah. But... Uh, all right, the main event 
Jared Cannonier versus Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, Jared Cannonier, his last fight, uh, he lost to Robert Whitaker, had a broken or that was in Abu Dhabi, uh, got a broken orbital, broke his arm, uh, had to get surgery. Surgery was not a successful surgery, and he had to end up getting another one. Um, and Kelvin Gastelum has only won one of, out of his last five fights, and that was against Ian Heinish, who I think is like 14th, 13th hey. or 14th. Hey, I just got a call from my kids. I'd call him ASAP. So okay, I gotta, I gotta. Can you nope. finish this up, dude? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, do your thing. Yeah, all right. I'll talk to you later. Later, bro. See ya. So for me, I think in this fight, I'm gonna go with Jared. Um, obviously, Kelvin's a much younger, uh, younger fighter, but I still think that you know they're both coming off losses to Robert. Uh, they went. Kelvin went five rounds with Rob. And it's hard to look good against Whitaker unless you're Israel Adesanya or, you know, uh, Yo Romero. So I'm going to go with Jared Cannonier in this fight. Uh, I feel like he's the more powerful striker, even though Kelvin has great boxing. So does Jared, and Jared has devastating kicks. So I think he's going to utilize that in this fight. Um so, yeah, I'm going to go with Jared in this fight. I've got – so I'm picking – we'll just start at the bottom of the list here. I'm going with uh, Brandon, Vink, Pichel, uh, Saudi Cub, Kek Romanov, uh, Parker Porter, Mark Madsen, and Jared Cannonier. So uh, if you guys uh, had something different or if you're voting for – another fighter or you're opposing Jeffrey or I uh, make sure to comment on our YouTube video or check out our podcast, which you can find on anchor or Spotify or Apple podcasts or breaker cast or pocket breaker. There's all kinds of different podcast platforms that you can find us on. Uh, make sure to download those podcasts. Uh, give us a listen if you are watching our YouTube videos, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button, comment on the videos, uh, hit that notification bell so you can see when we go live. Obviously, it's been a little while since we've posted a video um, because, like I said, we had Jeffrey who was moving uh, or helping people move, and then Trenton was dealing with technical difficulties. So hopefully from this moment going forward, we can start putting out more content like more consistently like we were doing before. Um, that's going to do it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful night and, uh, enjoy the fights this weekend. I'll talk to you guys later.